You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If you're looking for an engagement ring or wanting a custom jewelry piece, choosing who you want to work with for such a significant investment is more important than you might realize. I met Hal Pollock, who owns and runs Ruback Fine Jewelry, and I wish I had known him when I was looking to get my engagement ring for my wife. Hal genuinely looks out for his customers and wants to give you your own custom buying experience. He'll work alongside you and provide as much information as you want about the jewelry making and purchasing process. Before you commit to something from a big box store, come look at the pieces that Hal and Ruback can give you for the same price. I'm not the only fan of Hal and Ruback and what they've got going on at their store. If you could go to their Instagram, and you'll find tons of people who had, who've had a phenomenal experience working with a company that's been serving KC since 1908. Search for Ruback Fine Jewelry KC on Instagram to get more firsthand experiences from a great local company. Set up your appointment before the holidays get here by going to ruback.co slash appointments or the link in their bio on their Instagram page and experience the most comfortable, relaxed jewelry buying process in the city. Get your hats and t-shirts out. Your Kansas City Chiefs advance to 12-1 and and lock up the AFC West in uh, in a wild game. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami, the scene of their Super Bowl, 33-27, uh, surrendering a 20-point uh, lead and, and nearly, nearly, uh, you know, nearly blowing it, but holding strong. Maddie Lane, AFC West champs again. Initial thoughts on this game. Game, like you said, was very weird. I feel like the Chiefs are on a month and a half streak now of playing these very weird games. They, you know, have a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of it, like Ken said, the Chiefs have won the AFC West yet again. They look like they're going to be set up to do this multiple times throughout the next 10, 15 years. So this is good news. Something we are going to grow accustomed to here and just continue that trend under a new quarterback, the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this was uh, another ho hum divisional championship. I mean, this Chiefs team is twelve and one, and I mean, it it just kind of feels like for the past month or so they've been cruising a little bit. You see some very high highs, you see some low lows, but they haven't put together a consistent performance yet. But still, AFC West champs in Week fourteen, it's hard to be mad at that, especially be mad at a one loss team. Yeah, it feels like we needed to start with that. The fact that this team just went to 12-1, and I believe, for the first time in the history of this organization, uh, which is another mile marker, a milestone there. Um, this team is out somehow, you know, in, in some ways outperforming uh, what they've done the, the previous two regular seasons. Um, and part of that might have had to do with the fact that Mahomes got hurt last year. But um, I think we needed to make sure we started off with that. This football team is 12-1. and How they got to 12-1, and how they won this game uh, is the story. 
and it's all over the place. This team was all over the place, and I I think we got to start with this, guys. A three interception performance from Patrick Lavon Mahomes, Maddie. Yeah, the first two interceptions in particular, I don't think were particularly good plays by Patrick Mahomes. I understand on the triple screen or whatever we want to go ahead and call that back to Travis Kelsey. The linebacker had fallen down. Patrick Mahomes tried to throw the ball right over him, but the guy got back up. Ends up resulting in an interception. I just think that's going to be a hard pass to squeeze in there with so many guys flowing over it. And then the second one was just a high pass to Clyde edwards helaire over the middle of the field that he did again while moving the opposite direction. Two not great decisions. Then the final one was a fantastic play by Xavier Howard on Tyree Kill. I don't even know if I can complain too much about Patrick Mahomes making that choice or the place that he put it. It certainly wasn't the best three-play sample size of Patrick Mahomes, but I can't even call it a bad football game by him because if you remove those three plays, which are big three plays, he was slinging the ball around. I think he actually played really well throwing the ball outside of those particular plays. There was some issues with his pocket management, I think, at times, but he had a pretty good game, just had some really bad luck with some of the interceptions, a couple bad mistakes. Lo and behold, here you have his worst game of the year still ends up with a victory scoring over 30 points. Yeah, yeah. I I felt like he largely was the same Mahomes that we typically know. He tries to make some things happen. That teardrop that he had to Tyreek Hill to end the third quarter is a play that is just silly touch on that pass. But then you saw some things that, you know, some defenders have dropped in the past. You've seen those screen plays that they ran were not particularly well conceived. The first interception is just a terrible decision by Mahomes to even throw that. The second interception, he just threw it a little high. And then the third one, yet Xavier Howard just makes a play like that. Like you, you can't be particularly mad at it. It's just a situation where it was highlighted even more because this was a good defense and the Chiefs were moving the ball well in between the 20s. They were able to rack up a ton of yardage and were undone by some turnovers deep in opponent territory. And as this game evolved, I think you got to see a little bit of that, you know, kind of Uh, worry of the Chiefs not closing out some of those drives and Patrick Mahomes was part of all that with those three interceptions all four turnovers for the Kansas City Chiefs happened in Miami territory that's just that's pretty impressive deep deep in there deep in Miami territory I mean you know the three Mahomes interceptions one at the goal line uh two you know the the other two deep in territory and then McColl's fumble on the slip screen or the bubble screen I can't remember which one it was um you know, both, you know, all, you know, knocking on the door, scoring a touchdown. Uh, but the other thing about Mahomes early specifically, man, he made some really questionable decisions. Not when he wasn't throwing the football. Sometimes he shouldn't have, he should have thrown the ball away and took some unnecessary sacks. And then, you know, the 30 yard sack early in the game, trying to, you know, trying to make something happen. And, and obviously you live with all these things because he's the best player in the world and games like this don't happen. And, and it's obviously, I don't, I don't look at it as a sign of concern. I mean, we all know what Mahomes is capable of. Bad Mahomes games does not happen very often. Um, but this one was, was, was really rough for stretches, but they overcame it. And even though they had some, some turnovers deep in the red zone, you know, they were able to, you know, they were one for one in the red zone this, you know, this week. Uh, some big explosive plays to score some touchdowns. 
But the two guys on offense that were, you know, I thought had real fantastic performances that you really like to see, Travis Kelsey again and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, two guys, Maddie, that I thought played great. At this point in time, I think you can just put it in Sharpie that Travis Kelsey's going to have a fantastic game before before every weekend even starts. He's clearly the best tight end in football. I think you're going to find a hard way to make a case that there's a single receiver playing better football than he is right now. Then you add in the fact that he's got a lot of good highlights out on the field. There's blocking in space. You know, He's not known as a blocker by much of the NFL, but this year he really has made a lot of key blocks out in space in some of these runs that the Chiefs are getting to the outside. Great year. The big thing to take away, though, for me was Early in the game, the Chiefs threw a late check down to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The cornerback was able to drive on it and get him down for not many yards because, well, quite frankly, they threw it to him really late. As the game went on, you started seeing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire get some quicker looks. They started getting the ball out to him quicker, including late in the game, they split him out wide. Xavier Howard was 10 yards off. They immediately threw the little smoke route out to him on the flat just to let him make a cornerback miss. They used him on a little bit of kind of a fade route out from the slot or out wide I can't remember they started getting him involved in the passing game now and I think that's going to be a big step for this offense if they start using him earlier in the progression and not letting people react to him yeah you to start with Kelsey there phenomenal day as usual weekly now he's proving that he's the offensive player of the year and it's not close he makes a major impact every single week and it's not just Patrick Mahomes you know creating some magic he's making ridiculous catches the catch that he had down the sideline you know contested at the catch point was phenomenal so Travis Kelsey continuing to show out that's great they're going to need him throughout the course of this he's the engine that makes this offense go but it was really nice to see Clyde in the passing game it was because this offensive line frankly can't block to save their lives. And against a good defensive front like the Miami Dolphins, he didn't have running room. You saw that at the end of the game when they were trying to ice this thing a little bit. You just got to see the Dolphins tee off, and they were blowing the Chiefs' offensive line off the ball. Getting the ball into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's hands was the best option there out in the flat. You saw him make a lot of guys miss. You saw some outstanding contact balance, and the man just doesn't go down. He creates extra yardage he picks up first downs it's the guy that we wanted it you know back in april when the chiefs drafted him this is ag- this is the sort of game that you wanted to see from him regularly it's good to see it perk up right now yeah no doubt about it um you know i think the, really encouraging that the running back passing game gets going a little bit uh you know 73 yards uh, from the running backs today, 59 of them by Clyde Edwards-Lear. That's his second highest yardage output of the season. Uh, he had 70 against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, it, it, he was pretty active, and, and hopefully this is something that continues uh, because you saw his ability in space late in the game. That little They went to empty. They threw that little ball out to him, making guys miss in space and running through contact. What an impressive play that was. That's what you're hoping to get more out of out of Clyde Edwards' lair. Hopefully that continues to build uh, and grow because that would be a real positive sign for this football team. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Travis Kelsey. 136 yards today. I believe as of right now leads the National Football League in receiving yards. Remains to be seen if that will hold. Uh, obviously that will um, that will be uh, a challenge uh, because there's you know Dekalen Met- Metcalf, DK Metcalf playing right now. Uh, but we'll find out if he can continue to hold that record. Um, but 
what a great performance from both of those two. Uh, big moving the chains and, and helping this offense have some level of consistency. This game was weird, though, guys. You know, obviously 33 points on the board, a special teams touchdown, great. Uh, some big turnovers obviously made this game close. Mahomes almost throws for 400 yards. But there was a stretch there, up 30-10. to 10. They were down 10-0 to start the game. They went on a 30 to nothing run. And then they kind of let the, the Dolphins back into the football game. It's, this is not something that's new. This is something that happens. And, you know, I, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot to impact there, Maddie. That's, that's what's so weird about this football game. This is the fifth game in a row. So this goes all the way back to the Jets game. The Jets game was the last game the Chiefs won by more than one score. So that's the Panthers game before the bye week. That's all four games after the bye week. The Chiefs have won every single game by only one score. The craziest part about it, like Kent just said in this game, they're in the middle. They were up by 20 points. They started off the game terribly. Then they played some of the most dominant lights out football in the middle of that game that looked like they would be an unbeatable football team. You just take that second and third quarter stretch and make someone watch it. There's no competition for the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. The issue is they flanked both of those quarters with whatever happened in the first quarter and then some of the issues in the fourth and you have a one score game yet again. This is the fifth time in a row. This is something that at least it was finally against a quality team. So was the Buccaneers, but these are quality. Some games are quality. I just don't understand what is stopping the Chiefs from finally putting teams away. I understand the McCole Hardman turnover, the fumble deep in the Dolphins territory, the interception, like that takes points away, but just it seems like every week there's a late game meltdown or complacency that sets in for this Chiefs team and they just simply can no longer sustain the dominant play that puts them up big in the middle of it. There was a stretch in this game and it actually started in the third quarter here. Fumble, punt, interception, punt. Two of those were three and outs. The Chiefs offense had four three and outs on the day and four turnovers. That is a recipe for disaster if you don't have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. I mean, they still scored 33 points off of that, but obviously can be better. Obviously, the play calling was not that much of an issue. I felt like Andy did a pretty good job. It was just execution this week, and you saw that kind of crop up. Now, Steve Spagnuolo went to his dime defense late in the game like he always does. He did that when they were up 20 points. He typically does this. Where the Dolphins finally found success, though, against that dime defense is going hurry up and going empty. Ben Neiman's empty check. He's calling it there on the field because they are in their hurry-up offense. They're not relaying stuff in as much. He doesn't have that many things at his disposal in empty dime like the Chiefs have kind of put forth on a guy like Anthony Hitchens' plate. So you saw a lot of predictable rushes. You saw a lot of predictable coverages on the back end. And Tua was able to take advantage of it. Now, the problem is you're not going to really get those situations all that often. There are going to be some teams that try and push that, but when you're up 20, it's fine to not have that much pressure. Now, when that extends over multiple drives, because the offense has a series like the one that I just mentioned there, it gets really, really difficult for that dime defense to continue being trotted out there in that way. Some adjustments needed to be made for Spagnolo late because that dime defense was just getting eaten alive. 
Patrick Mahomes, real quick, tweeting out, I have a love-hate relationship with Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> so I think five career turnovers uh, in, in Hard Rock Stadium to this point for Mahomes. Two wins. Uh, and two big wins. Two wins that secured hats and T-shirts for his football team. Uh, sorry, real quick, just had to side note that. I thought that was funny. Uh, Craig, you were talking a little bit about the linebackers there. Um, some interesting, you said, you know, some interesting things with the linebacker rotations with Damian Wilson out. Yeah, uh, with Damian Wilson out, Ben Neiman started as the Sam linebacker. That was maybe a little bit expected. I wasn't sure if they were going to move Willie Gay over to that Sam linebacker role from his base will spot, but they did not. They put Ben Neiman on the field in that the the spot that we were all kind of hoping for, Willie Gay getting those Buffalo Buck linebacker reps early went to Ben Neiman. And he was not particularly good in those reps, as most people were pointing out to me on Twitter. Anthony Hitchens went down, and they kind of reversed some things up again. Willie Gay got a few more Buck reps. And then when the Chiefs built a lead, there were a few Buffalo reps, specifically ones on the goal line there, the ones that, you know, Chris Jones had a sack and the safety, where Willie Gay was in there as the buck linebacker next to Anthony Hitchens. They were trying to get him a few more of those reps, but the game script didn't get there. I don't like seeing Ben Neiman in that role early, obviously, and the Dolphins were able to kind of pick on him a little bit. I think you see the clear difference between the two players. I want to see Willie Gay on the field more. I, I'm looking forward to getting into his reps a little more, those ones that he got with the starting lineup, because frankly, those are the ones that he should be getting right now. The goal, I think, for all Chiefs fans is to see Willie Gay play just about every linebacker snap that you possibly can. And like Craig said, I think we need to kind of sit back and look at what he was able to do and the reps he did get this game. Because if you use the rest of the season kind of as your barometer right now, there's definitely plays that he's not ready for yet. Like mentally speaking, he is not quite up to snuff compared to what Ben Neiman should be seeing on the field to what Anthony Hitchens does see. He's just not quite ready to process everything at a NFL starter level right now. The issue is the athleticism that he has, the athletic advantage he has over the other linebackers simply might make it not matter. Ben Neiman continues to be just one of the biggest issues on this entire team. They gotta find a way to bridge that gap. I do think it was a little bit better earlier in the game before Charvarius Ward left for a little while and Legarius Sneed was able to play in the slot. Who Sneed didn't have his best game either, but having him over the middle of the field definitely seemed to close things off a little bit better than when he had to kick outside and Fenton was kind of replacing him or Juan Thornhill in some situations. So I do think the Chiefs losing players in the middle of the field kind of made it look a little bit worse, like it was all Ben Neiman. But like Craig said, that last couple drives, it's just throw at Ben Neiman, throw at Ben Neiman, throw at Ben Neiman, and just see what happens. And what, can't blame the Dolphins for it. Yeah, it's not a new development. This is, I mean, when teams need production, throw it, throw at Ben Neiman. I mean, think about the think about the Packers game last year. The Chiefs had a big opportunity to stop them. Uh, on a third and five late in the game, and, and who did they pick on? Ben Neiman. This is not a new development. Ben Neiman's value is, I guess, you know, he's smart. He's in the right position. He's in the right spot, and he's earned the trust of the staff to be where he needs to be. But everything outside of that, from a, you know, uh, from a tackling perspective, from a coverage perspective, 
you know, there's there's just there's there's just a lot there that that leaves something to be desired. And this football team needs to figure that problem out. Bill Gay getting you know some more snaps. I I do believe his snap count was up still though this week. Correct, Craig? I mean, you know, he's I believe so. He's still yeah. he's gonna have a he's gonna have a higher snap count. Hopefully, you know, if if Damian Wilson misses some time, Willie Gay uses his opportunity to maybe continue to push for more opportunities and for more reps. Uh, one big development for this game, guys. Sack Nation, alive and well. Yeah, I it was. Good to see the four-man rush getting home a little bit more. It was good to see some of the stunts getting home a little more. The The blitz was still bringing plenty of pressure. Uh, the Chiefs probably should have had three or four more sacks from DBs or linebackers. It just couldn't quite finish the job. But it was good to see the safety out of Chris Jones. Frank Clark looked a little bit spicy. He had the sack that he had. And then an inside move that forced an incompletion out of Tua. Turk Wharton was fantastic for most of the game. Rushing the pressure was a real problem for that interior offensive line, kind of like we said in the preview that he was probably going to be. And then Mike Dana had probably his best game as a Chief so far. He was especially lively as well. His sack was really good. And on Chris Jones' safety, Mike Dana probably would have gotten it if Jones hadn't had that pressure up the gut that he did, or not up the gut, but on the stunt that he did. Dana was free and coming for him as well. It was just really good to see a little bit of life from the four-man rush. Alex Okafor had a couple early pressures as well. It it just felt like, especially against a bad offensive line, which the Dolphins had this week, it felt good to see some early pressure and good pressure often really getting to Tua and forcing some mistakes when the Chiefs were able to build up that 20-point lead. So kudos to the four-man rush. Let's do it again. Hopefully this gets them in the rhythm that they need to get in to close out the season. And that's the big thing. Is I think it is worth noting that the Dolphins' offensive line is not particularly good. However, that has not helped this Chiefs pass rush as of late. Like, that hasn't really mattered if they were playing a good offensive line or not. So it was really nice to see Chris Jones and Frank Clark, both of them, look better this week. Both of them have a couple pressures, get a sack. I think you still want to see more out of them, especially Frank Clark. I think he should have been able to dominate kind of some of those tackle matchups against Robert Hunt or Austin Jackson, two rookies, neither one of which are super technically refined coming into the NFL. You'd like to see him dominate a little bit more. But that said, the big takeaway was the combination of Tershawn Wharton and Mike Dana combining to be an adequate third pass rusher for this game was huge. I think you saw both of those guys were getting a lot of one-on-one opportunities. They were getting a lot of protection being taken away from them. If they can win those opportunities at, I mean, not even the rate that they were combined this week, but even close to that, that makes them a really good, adequate, you know, third pass rusher to help Jones, to help Frank Clark. I don't think Mike Dana has enough juice to be a consistent pass rusher all the time, but he's a very sound technical pass rusher that if you flush guys his direction, he can make the play. If you give him help by moving the quarterback towards him, that makes him a lot more deadly than when he gets to sit in the middle of the pocket and Mike Dana has to cover all that space. Turk Wharton, same thing. He doesn't have a wide array of pass rush moves right now, but if you can force the quarterback to come towards him even a little bit, his lateral quickness and motor make him a lot more dangerous. You get those guys working in conjecture conjecture with your starters, you're good to go. 100%. Uh, and it was really positive to see some of these secondary guys get a little bit more production. Kind of seemed like Mike Dana's 
Mike Dana showed up for the first time in a few weeks, it felt like. He kind of had a really strong performance, too. Obviously, I believe he got – did he get credit with a full sack or a half sack? Um, I'm, I believe he got credit for a full sack. I know Turk good. Wharton was there on that, yeah, no, but that's good. Uh, he got credit for the full one. That's yeah. good. No, that's a good thing because he, he definitely got home there uh, first. There's no doubt about that. But I, even in run, his real discipline on the edge, did some good stuff out on the edge, too. He's not a guy with juice. I mean, there's really not any juice behind him. Uh, whatsoever. I was, <laughs> I'm just, you know, there was a play, you know, he tried to close on, on Tua and just couldn't. Uh, but another another guy that we really haven't had a, had a conversation about in a while, really strong performance from a, from a Mike Dana. Uh, that's really a positive sign, too, just some guys up front on the defensive line uh, playing well for this football team. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and just get some closing thoughts here, boys. Uh, Maddie, lead us off. My big thing right now is I'm just I need this full complete game for the Chiefs at some point in time heading into the playoffs. It doesn't have to be against the Saints coming up. It doesn't have to be against any particular team. But some point in time before the playoffs hit here, I would really like to see the dominant Chiefs show up for at least 75% of the game. I think the Chiefs are in a good spot right now. They've shown what they are capable of, but they are just lacking some consistency, and I think that is the best way I can define this Dolphins game is dominant football team that plays with zero consistency. I think one of these next few games leading into the playoffs, you really want to see the Chiefs come out and just dominate from start to finish or for most of the game, and that way you feel just a little bit better as a fan at least going into the playoffs that they are going to be kind of that team again. Uh, Chiefs defense coming out of the third quarter has been at their best. They have the highest defensive success rate coming out of the half. That's great. You get Steve Spagnuolo into the half. You get some adjustments being made. This week was pretty much the same. I mean, they were able to come out of the half and play really, really well to help build that. Good for McCall Hardman to see that punt return touchdown making an impact in special teams. That Fumble, he's got to be better on. Got to hold on to the ball a little bit better. I mean, the Dolphins were swiping at the ball all game long. I think Kent even pointed it out early. It was like you were holding your breath every time because the wide receivers were just being a little casual with the ball against a good Dolphins defense. It's good to beat a playoff team like this, to go up on a playoff team like that, to show the glimpses against a good defense like that, that you can come in and dominate a team. Yes, consistency is key. You want the consistency a little bit better, particularly on offense there. That's where this team is at its best. But it is good to come in there, come out with a win against a pretty good football team, probably a playoff football team. So you you come in, get a win, go to 12-1, and one, win the AFC West. I mean, it's hard to be too terribly mad about all that at the end of the day. Bizarre game. Just a bizarre game, uh, obviously, and capped by some less than stellar performances from this football team. But the Chiefs are the AFC West, West champions. They're 12-1. and one. They have a chance to, if Buffalo could go out and beat Pittsburgh today, things are looking real pretty for this football team to have the one seed in the AFC West. Um, I think, you know, obviously, there's a lot to clean up and a lot of mistakes made in this win. But the Chiefs flashed the ceiling today in the middle of the game. And the ceiling's the clear-cut, hands-down, no doubt about it, best team in football. And that team that played in the middle of that game can win a Super Bowl. And 
win it pretty easily if they play to their level uh, in the playoffs. In their sleep, the way that they played in the middle of that game, my goodness, my, there was there was there was some Z's being caught <laughs> and some L's. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for the AP Laboratory post-game show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later in the week with the mailbag. Chiefs clinch the AFC West, advance to 12-1, beating the Miami Dolphins on the road 33-27. We'll catch you later.